Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Our next guest is Brooke Maroon, a professional dancer, actress, and model. Brooke has gone on tour with the Backstreet Boys, is the lead in Thomas Rhett's music videos, Marry Me and Remember You Young, has worked with so many other industry leaders such as Jason Derulo, Charlie Puth, and Kevin Hart. Brooke is originally from Bettendorf, Iowa, moved to my hometown of Indunola, Iowa to go to high school, which is where her and I met and became friends, which then she packed her bags at 18 years old and drove out to LA to become a professional dancer. In this episode, Brooke talks about going after her big dream, even when people doubted her, all things money and negotiating in the acting industry, and so much more on this episode of the Deeper Than Money podcast. On a personal level, Brooke is so incredibly grounded, kind, and such a big dreamer, and I am so incredibly lucky to call her a friend. I am thrilled to share this episode with you. So without further ado, please welcome Brooke Marin. Brooke, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. So please, let's start out, give a little bit of background about yourself, where you're from, and how this whole journey started. Okay, I'm super stoked to be here. So uh, here's a little bit about me. Um, I am originally from Iowa. I grew up in the Quad City area for most of my life and then moved to the Des Moines area for high school. Um, I was dancing my entire life. I've been dancing since I was three. I think I hated it or something. And then I restarted when I was seven. Um, I think my mom had me just in like ballet and tap, which is still something that I like don't enjoy to this day. So I think that's a major sign. Um, started again when I was seven and could do more like jazz, hip hop, fun stuff. And then, um, and then I just kept dancing and I don't think I was good. Like, at all. Looking back at old videos, I'm like, how did I have any confidence in this? Um, And so I just kept going. And I always thought that I wanted to be a professional dancer. And then I started training in dance in Chicago. After a while, my mom was like, if you want to do this, we need to take it serious. Here we go. And so I started getting better training and then moved to LA at 18. And uh, been here ever since. Just doing it. Oh my gosh. Oh, so cool. And there's like so much to get in. Like you, you make it sound like, so like, yeah, I just like kind of been dancing. Like Brooke is the star of Thomas Rhett's Marry Me video. She's been in Jason Derulo music video. She's been like in movies and all my just short films, like everything. Like Brooke is the definition of a total badass. And the crazy thing is we were talking about this right before I, I clicked record. So Brooke and I went to high school together and we, I can remember, I was telling her this, I can remember we were probably like senior of high school. How old are you? Like 17, 18. And we're sitting around through these circle lunch tables and we're sitting around. It was our senior year. And we're talking about what we're going to do after high school, after we graduate. And everyone's like, I'm going to go to here to college. And like, I don't know where I'm going to go to college. And Brooke is like, yeah, I'm going to drive in my car, just pack my stuff. I'm going to drive to LA and I'm going to make it as a professional dancer. And we're like, (laughs) we're like, good one, Brooke. Like, And she's like, no, I'm serious. So, I mean, you have this crazy story that I've literally gotten to like watch unfold. So what motivated you and gave you the courage as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, to be like, hey, I'm from small town Iowa, and this is not what small town girls and I would do, basically, to say I'm going to pack my car up and move to L.A.? Um, wow. Well, for me, I think that I didn't really feel like I had a choice. Like, it just... 
it just felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. Nothing else sounded good to me. You know, my family was very much, you need to go to college. My dad was very, you need to go to college. And I don't know. There was just nothing that I could put myself in of just like, oh, this is what I would go to college for. Like literally nothing. And, and I didn't understand why that was the only choice. You know, why, why is that mm-hmm. all we, we are supposed to do? I'm 18. I want to go do something now. I don't want to just be in school anymore. I already am such not a fan of school, you know? So it was like such not a fan. What? Anyway. Um, yeah. So it just didn't feel like a choice. Even when I was a bad dancer, it still was, that's what I was going to do. So I just needed to make that work. It yeah, it's just like as if your dad's telling you to go to college and if you don't have a way to go to college, it's like you still make it work if that's what you want to do. That's that's how I felt. So um, I think that's where the confidence came from in that sense. Uh, and I always felt a little weird about it because like everyone else was planning on going to college and like doing this. So it had to be this extra level of confidence to be able to say that's what I'm doing. Because um, then if I didn't do it, it was almost a whole nother thing of like, oh, you went, you know, you didn't, you didn't do it. So we knew it, you know, it was kind of like this extra level of like, no, 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 you got to do this. If you're going to say you're going to do this, you got to do this. So I think that's where that came from. And just motivation of just loving art and loving dance and, and just, yeah, knowing that I needed to do it. Mm -hmm. That is so crazy. So do you feel like, and you, I mean, you touched on this a little bit and, you know, our, I feel like our friends were like for sure one of them, but do you feel like in that journey of going from just driving out there to, you know, making it, do you feel like you knew people doubted you or, you know, did people tell you you couldn't do this? And how did you continue to be like, no, I am. And like find that motivation and confidence in yourself, even when it felt like people were like, no, it won't work, Brooke. Yeah, I don't, it's such an interesting thing to think about. I I actually weirdly, like, I'm really noticing that I'm really bad with memories. And like going back even to high school, like it feels like a whole nother lifetime. So weird to think about sometimes like how I did that, because I know I had more people doubting me than people like on my side. I mean, even family members were doubting me, you know, it's things like that. So yeah, definitely people at school, especially since I moved around so much as a kid, I had all these different school districts that like knew this is what I wanted to do. So all of these kids knew this is what I wanted to do, not just like one school. So I had all these people that knew and it was kind of like, oh, if I don't do this, like everyone's going to feel that way. And but also, I don't know if that was that big in the back of my head of like caring what other people thought about it. Because otherwise, I think I just wouldn't have told anyone and mm-hmm. would have just done but I even had dance teachers that would doubt me. And I would hear things behind my back about like what my dance teacher said about me and things like that. So I don't know. It was this weird, just like soul thing of being like, this is something you have to do. Don't let anything stop you from doing this to where I'm serious. Like, I don't remember a time when I knew that someone doubted me and that made me think less. Like, I really don't remember a time that I was like, Oh yeah, you doubt me, I'm not gonna do it. Even though that's so oh normal. I remember chilled. I yeah. chilled from <laughs> saying that. It's so weird. So I don't know. It literally since like kindergarten, that's just what I knew. So I don't know if it was like a past life thing where it's like you just knew you had to be a professional dancer and just move out here. I don't know. A gut feeling. That that is amazing. And I think so many people, it stops them, right? Like they hear yeah. the doubters. They hear the people or the people verbalize it to their face of like, you, why would you do that? Like, that's crazy. That's wild. You can't do that. And, and that shuts it down for them. And so it it just, I just want to wrap up like that confidence and that like sole purpose that you have and just like spread it, like what, like just spread it throughout like confetti. Right. And just give it to everyone. So when you, I'm sorry, really fast. I really do feel like it's like just trusting your instincts, you know, like if you have that instinctual feeling, like you have to just go for it no matter what people say, because there's a reason you're feeling that other people can't feel that feeling. They're just judging it off of their own perspective of it. So it's like, yes, that might not be what you want. And you might think it's crazy, but we're also different. So like, why would I just do the same thing everyone else is doing if my gut is being like screaming at me and saying, no, come on, don't listen, like trust yourself, like 
fully, you know? Yes. And like, it's, it's on your heart for a reason. Like that dream was placed on your heart for a freaking reason. And so of course you're going to look at the dreams that were placed on other people's heart and be like, Oh, like what's wrong with me? Why am I so different? But you have to go and listen to that. You have to go listen to that. You're going to be the one that's sitting with it on your heart. Everyone else is going to forget about it. So if you don't do it now, if you don't do it when you want to do it, at the end of the day, you're going to be sitting there like, wow, I wish I would have done that. Yes. Oh, I love it. So, okay, let's paint this picture. You move out there. You're like, I believe myself. Screw everyone that doesn't believe in me. What were some of your biggest struggles early on trying to break into the industry? And at that time, how did you sustain that lifestyle of trying to break into the industry while also like supporting yourself? Yeah. So it's definitely a weird, different world in LA, like especially coming from Iowa, like so different. And I didn't really know a lot of people out here. I moved out with girls that I kind of knew. Um, And I didn't come from a family of like a lot of money. So I didn't have a lot of financial backing, especially like with my dad wanting me to go to college. It was like kind of unsupportive in the way of like, if you're going to do this, like you need to, you need to work, you need to Mm -hmm. figure out a way to do it. So I took like my money from my graduation party, like the money that give you for college. Like I took that money and I was like, all right, I'm going to head out. And, um, and so I just came out here. I was living in a two bedroom apartment with four girls and I just immediately got like a serving job at a restaurant. And I'd always kind of worked. I had worked since my family had this business and I was working there for a long time. And then I was working at like Subway. And then I was working at restaurants serving in Chicago for a little bit while I was finishing up a dance and then came to LA and I was like immediate serving job. So I worked at Bubba Gump's on the Santa Monica Pier. A shout out Bubba Gump's. And um, I worked there for a while. I, I don't remember how long, maybe like a year. Um... And like tips and serving paid the bills while I was making connections. And I got really lucky and I got signed with an agent for dance right when I moved out there. So um, I was getting auditions, but just because you have an agent doesn't mean you're making money. Yeah, you have to book Mm -hmm. the job. So I was booking random things here and there. But as a dancer, like you don't get paid like amazing. And it's so expensive to live in LA. So um, it was always this like struggle of, I have to work all these days to be able to make money, but you get auditions so last minute. So it's like, I'm scheduled to work on Friday, but I just got an audition and Friday is tomorrow now. So like, how can I call off work? Oh, I'm sick. Sorry, I have to go to this audition. And it's like, oh, but am I going to be able to pay rent this month because I couldn't go to work that day? And it's always like this constant, constant battle. And um, it was, you know, every time I thought like, there's no way I'm going to be able to make rent this month something would happen. Like I would work one day and I'd get an extra big tip or like I would book a job and then get paid. And it was just, it was crazy to where I started just fully trusting the fact that no matter what, I'm always going to be okay. Like I'm always going to like, Gosh, Brooke, this is like, can like, can we tattoo this all over like somebody's body? This is so you be, and I, I'm such a believer that when you show up for your dream, like who, whatever you believe in God, the universe, like whoever, like the people show up for you, like people, when you are so in your zone, so in your passion, so just like, I know I'm meant to be here and I'm going to play so big and go all in the world shows up for you. Like, yeah. Oh, that, that, like that magic is undescribable. Like that. It, oh, okay. Continue. I love it. I love it. Keep going. It's hard for people to understand if they haven't experienced something like that. But I think the only reason some people haven't experienced something like that is because they don't fully believe in it. So like when I started fully believing that like I was going to be okay, and that doesn't mean I'm not working or like I'm being lazy or like whatever, just trusting whatever to give me money. Like, no, not at all. I just believed like, okay, I'm going to keep working hard and I'm just not going to stress about it. I'm not going to put that worry on me because what's that going to do? That's just going to make everything actually be more difficult. So yeah. I needed to like fully believe that I was going to be okay. So I don't know. I, I, that was really how I sustained, um, by like working side jobs and like serving and stuff. And then I moved so that I was on the West side for the first couple of years. So that's why I could, um, work at in Santa Monica. And then I moved to the Valley because that's where all my dance jobs were. So I was like driving to the Valley, which is technically only like 15 miles, but it's going to take you an hour and a half, you know, during traffic. So I was like, I got to get out of the West side. I need to go to the Valley because that's where I'm driving every day. I'm wasting so much money and gas, 
whatever. So at this point, I've been in LA for two years. I've made so many friends, like good, good friends. And that's a huge thing too of sustaining your lifestyle out here is like having your tribe. I don't know what I would do without these people. So move to the Valley, um, have like good friends I'm living with. And I start working at another restaurant. And now I'm working there. And it, it had been like nine months of me working there. And this is now like 2016. And I finally was just drained. And I wasn't even like getting to work the dance jobs I wanted to. And because I had to like work this other job. Um, and so I finally just quit on like a limb. I was like, I'm putting so much energy into this serving job and I'm seeing people get stuck here. Like people that are now like 40 were like, yeah, I came out here to act and now I've been working here for the past 20 years and I make good money and it's consistent. And like, I get that. Like if you like, if you need that in your life and that consistency of money, totally, if that's what you need to do, go for it. But I was like, this is not what I came out here to do. I did not come out here to work a serving job and to live in an apartment that's going to cost me $1,500 a month. That's the size of my mom's living room. You know, like it makes no sense. So I was like, I got to just quit and like, again, trust it. Like I have to trust. I had like nothing saved for me. No job lined up. I was like, I've been out here now for however many years I got to go. So I, um, I quit. And the rest of the year, I was like, living so small, like paycheck to paycheck was like, barely making it all the time doing random, random dance jobs that I didn't want to do like random like parties. And it's like, Oh, you know, make sure people are dancing. And it's like, Oh, okay. And so I was doing that. And then I literally at the end of 2016 was like, I have to get a job again, I have to serve again, you know, um, maybe I'm not supposed to like, get the big dance jobs. Maybe I'm not supposed to do that. Um, maybe I did it. Maybe I'm done. Like I just need to get another job again and reevaluate. And it was Christmas. So I started doing like this bartending school. I was like, I can, I'm 21 now. I can make more money as a bartender than a server. And, um, so I started taking this like bartending school and then it was Christmas time. And I was like, Oh, well I can't apply for jobs now and say like, Oh, I'm, you know, can't work Christmas, you know? And so I was like, I'll wait a little bit longer. So I didn't fly home for Christmas cause it was too expensive. And my mom was going to come visit in January. So my mom, my grandma and my aunt come out and visit. And I was like, all right, you guys need to go. Cause I need to like get a job. And when they were out here, I got an audition. Um, and it was an open call, which means like, Everyone and their mom is going to be at the audition. So I get an open call and it's for Backstreet. And I had never, ever, ever thought in my life like Backstreet Boys were going to be a thing, you know, and you could like dance with them in, in 2017, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, no well, kidding. You probably thought that at like 12, but. <laughs> I was like, all right, what is this? And it was a Vegas show. And I always said I wasn't going to do Vegas shows because I hated Vegas and whatever. And I was like, all right, well, let me just go. You know, I know the choreographer. I know the casting director. Let me just go. So I went and it was 9.15 in the morning. There was like 150 people there, girls. And I was like, oh, only 150. Like, I could do this. Like, I can do this. And then literally I, I they're like, okay, like keeping people, sending people home, blah, blah, blah. They were like, callbacks are tomorrow. And I was coming back tomorrow for the callback. And as I'm leaving to go back and hang out with my mom and everyone, like a whole nother group of 150 girls coming. Oh. And I was like, I saw one of my friends. I was like, what are, like, is, is there different time slots? They were like, yeah, every agency's at a different time today. There's like five calls. I was like, oh, there's no way. Cause they had said, we're only looking for five female dancers. I was like, there's no way. I was like, well, that was fun. At least I had fun at the audition. You know, it was like dancing to Backstreet's Back. My friends are there. Like we're having a blast. And, um, and so I leave and I go home. I'm like, yeah, I got the call back, but there's going to be like 500 people auditioning. There's no way. And then my mom's like stoked. Everyone's like just stoked that they're there while I'm auditioning, even though I'm gone for like the entire day and can't hang out with them. But like, it's fine. So I go back the next day. Again, I'm there all day and um, I make it to the end. And you don't get told if you book it. Like, it's just like, oh, you'll see. You know, you'll get a call or something. And so I, um, I got a call and my mom and my grandma and everyone were there. So it was super cool. And it was like, you're booked. It starts on Thursday. And it was like, Tuesday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was only supposed to be like a four month job and it turned into two and a half years. And so it was just so like, it was again, whatever telling me like, okay, you were just about to get 
another serving or bartending job or whatever. And we are here to say, no, you're not doing that. You did that and you're not doing that right now. And so I was like, wow, I was about to like quit. I was about to just like give up. And, um, and so that was, that was a really cool moment. Another one of like fully believing in it again. Oh, and and how crazy is that? Because I think a lot of people and maybe like the, you know, you listening to this out there is you're in that moment where it's like, I, you're doubting yourself. You're like, is this going to happen? When is this? And it's like, imagine if you quit that. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) if you literally quit then when you had that moment where you're like, maybe that was it. Like, maybe that was my peak. And maybe it's time to give this up when that was like, that was your warm up. That was your freaking warm up to, to all of these things that you've done. And, and like, I'm sure the growth and the person that you've, you know, grown into, that was just the warm up. So that is beyond so cool. I I have chills like every single thing. You're such a good storyteller like this. I just have chills this whole time. So tell me, um, so obviously Backstreet Boys is like the ultimate, I, I feel like if, you like knowing that especially because when we grew up like that was the thing that was the thing growing up and seeing them and then to be able to come full circle and go travel all around the world right did you what you went all around the world with Backstreet Boys yeah we went a lot of places that is just so wild so tell me of I mean obviously you know you said that was like you know the first like oh you know that came through and that was amazing what is the role out of everything that you've done? And I know that you're really transitioning from a lot of the professional dancing into more of the acting role. And I know you've done professional modeling. What is the role? And maybe there's multiple that you're most proud of for landing. Oof. I think that's such a hard question because Backstreet was such a special thing. Like, like the fact that it took me out of that moment of almost quitting and then all of those dancers, there's 10 of us, like, they're my best friends, you know, so I I had such an incredible time. And the boys were so amazing to work with. And like, everything was so special. And it's definitely like, yes, so, so proud of that. Definitely. But I think honestly, like the Thomas Rhett stuff was such a, such a thing that I didn't think was going to be a big deal that turned into a big deal. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people get to say. And I think also from being from Iowa, being in a country music video was such a big yeah. deal. So a lot of people out here, I mean, no one listens to country music unless you're from That's somewhere so funny. else. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, like, there's one country like radio station out here. I mean, if anyone that even listens to radio, <laughs> yeah, every radio station back at home is country music. There's like yeah. one pop radio station. Yes. So, so yeah. So I, I think that that was, that was a big one. 2017 was my favorite year. Um, it was the Thomas Rhett video. And then also when I was dancing with Backstreet, we toured with Florida Georgia Line for a couple of like their stadium shows. And I remember like when we were going to do that, we got asked to do that. And all the dancers were like, oh, country music, like Florida Georgia Line, what are we going to do? Because Florida Georgia Line was like, oh, you're bringing your dancers? Like, because we were doing an opening set with Backstreet, mm-hmm. like a 45 minute set and then Florida Georgia Line set. And they were like, you're bringing your dancers? Like, can we use your dancers too? And we were like, oh, okay. So we'll basically just do like two shows back to back. Like, yikes, this is going to be a lot, but okay. And all the dancers were like, what are we going to do? Like hillbilly around. And I was like, oh, God, you guys don't realize how major this is. Like you don't realize how cool of an opportunity this is. And so we like started rehearsals and it was like all hip hop, like dancing. And they were all like, oh, this is actually fun. And then they were at the stadiums and saw all the fans. And they were, I was like, you don't realize how big country music is if you don't listen yeah. to it. And so my favorite thing, literally after I did this live show, I was like, I could be done dancing and like be really like happy. And it was when we did Florida Georgia Line and Backstreet at Wrigley Field. And I was like, this is so cool. My grandpa had like died um, a year earlier and it was on his birthday and my mom and my grandma came to the show and it was like the most amazing, amazing night. I was just so like literally standing on stage being like, if this is it, I'm happy. And so that was like, that's probably one of my proudest moments of like live performance. And then all the Thomas Rhett stuff is definitely my most proud I think of like things we can send and like music videos and stuff like that because I mean you're the girl right like when I um 
I like even just telling people of, oh, no, no, Brooke Maroon. I'm like, no, no. You know, the Thomas rap music video, marry me, remember, remember, wait, remember her young or remember you young, remember you. I'm like, Brooke is, I'm like, you know, the girl in the music video. I'm like, that's her. Like, it's not like she's the one. Oh, wait, wait, you're going to see her. It's like, she's the girl. Like you are the, who the video is about both of them. Like you're the girl. That's so freaking cool. It's so crazy. And it just like kind of, it just kind of happened. I did this music video for this other artist and it was dancing and the director of that and I like, we really clicked. And then he was like, oh, you're from Iowa. Um, We need to get you in a country video because he did a lot of country artists and like literally texted me Halloween, like a couple months later and was like, I have this video. Here's the treatment. Do you want to see it? Tell me if you want to be a part of it. And I was like, oh yeah, this looks sick. And then at first they were like, oh, okay. They want to just hire someone local because they're shooting in Alabama. So all right, next time. And I was like, okay, no worries. And then like a month later, he was like, no, we have to get you. All the people that they want to get are like not super awesome. So I'm going to get you. And I was like, okay. And so flew down, shot Mary Me in one day, had no idea, no idea what it was going to be like. And then it came out and I was like, what? And then it was like nominated for all these awards. And I was like, what is happening? And then they were like, we're doing a sequel. And I was like, what? And then it was like, that's nominated. Oh my God, it won. I was like, what's happening? Like, who, what, why is this so crazy and big? And like I said, I had no idea. They were literally just like, here's the treatment. Tell me if you want to be in it. And I was like, oh, cool. Sounds great. You know, sounds sad. Let's do it. People are like, I mean, people got, including myself, got so invested in the story of the music video, like of your, of the relationship in the music. Even Thomas Rat was talking in his stories and he's like, I had no idea you guys were like going to be so invested in this couple. We're going to bring him back. And I was like, yes. Yeah, because that's what? crazy. Think that like just a music video, people would be invested in that story as if it's a movie or a series or something. It was just so interesting. Like I said, no idea it was going to be what it was. So that's kind of the fun part too, is you have no expectations mm-hmm. and then like something happens and that's exactly. Fun. So do you get like how, I mean, first of all, do you, so do you, do you work like with Thomas Rhett on that? Like, are you involved with him at all? And how does it work with like when they win awards, like, like you're a part of that, obviously, like how do, do you get a trophy? Like, how does that work? So this is, this is fun to answer. So the first marry me, I didn't meet Thomas. He shot all of his stuff in Nashville and I shot my stuff in Alabama. So didn't meet him, but like weirdly felt like we knew each other because we're in the same video together. Like you see us on the screen yeah. together. So it feels like, oh, you know each other, but you don't. Um, and then they won. The music video won marry me like that next November. And it was, mm-hmm. it's just simply like a congrats you won like you I don't get anything I don't get anything it's basically just like a fun little high five moment hey Brooke good job <laughs> yeah, I told my dad that the other day he's like so what happens I'm like literally nothing like I get to post about it like fun wow. I, I don't you know I don't expect anything it's not my music video I just helped um but but it is funny because I think people do think that like oh you probably have plaques on your wall or something that's what I'm picturing that's what I'm picturing I'm like where can you can you show me your like golden trophy that's what I want to see they're like where's your Emmy you know no I don't I don't have anything um to show other than like a photo but um but yeah that's totally fine and then and then yeah the second music video remember you young I showed up to set and it was in Nashville and um Thomas was just finishing shooting all his stuff and uh, the director TK just came up to me and was like, Brooke, come here. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, Brooke, Thomas, Thomas, Brooke. And then left. And I was like, hey, uh, nice to meet you. Um, and he was so cool. He was so chill. And like I said, we felt like we had already known each other. And he was just, I don't know. It's like he its like he already knew a little bit about me, which was cool. He was like, so you were a dancer and now you're acting. Like, what's, you know, tell me more about yourself. And so we talked about that. And we talked, to, we got into deep talks about social media and his kids and like his family. And like, it was so, it was quick, but it was so genuine and, and grounded. And that's what I love about working with country artists is it's very yeah. different than working with like pop artists or hip hop artists or, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess for me, probably I connect more with them because of my yeah. roots. You know, it's Mid- Midwestern values. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I guess that's why it's probably easier for me. But um, but yeah, no. Other than that, I I get nothing. Um, other than like a congrats, which so fine with no expectations. 
<laughs> That's so funny because I mean, okay, obviously like, the, you know, the song is great. Love this song and everything. But it's like, if you love that music video, it like, it's you, you know, I just, I, that's so crazy. Like you're the one that makes it such a good video. It's about you. It's literally you. I, I totally get what you're saying. It's, it's definitely a team, a team thing. Like I think the director TK probably gets like a plaque or I don't know what it yeah. would be called. Be I don't know, whatever he gets. And he's like the most incredible person. Like you meet your people out here and like you connect with them and he's amazing. Um, and so I think it's really just like the artist and the director that get anything. Um, wow, so, that is wild. Yeah, wild it's- the things that you learn. So speaking speaking of getting like getting things, what is the role or um, opportunity that you've landed that's the most lucrative? That's like made you know you the most money or gotten you you know the most opportunities or whatever. So Backstreet, because of its longevity, definitely helped me survive for a long time. Um, And it was consistent. So that was nice. Um, Other than that, like music videos and stuff, you get like just your one check. Um, You do random TV jobs and you get residuals for them. Like for Backstreet, we did a couple like James Corden and things like that, like a New Year's show. And so you'll randomly like still get checks for things like that. And it was years ago, but you know, one of my residual checks for a show I did is now like 25 cents every time I get it. Like, it's just like, you basically are like spending more check than sending it, you know, than me getting the money. It's, it's ridiculous. But, um, but I've realized, especially since I'm like dabbling in a little bit of everything, like dancers get paid the least out of everyone is what I am realizing. Like, like entertainers, like the people in front of camera. I don't know what the people behind camera get, are getting paid or anything, but dancers are getting paid the least. Um, and then it's probably actors that are like not doing bigger things. Like once you get like bigger shows and things like that, you're definitely getting paid more. But honestly, like all the money is in like commercials and like modeling. Like mm. the modeling that I've auditioned for are like you do, you know, I was on hold for this job before covid which would have been great, but it was like a back to school commercial. And I was on hold for this job and it was like $30,000 for this one commercial. And then you're going to get residuals from it. And I was like, okay, great. You know, but like no other job is like that unless you're like a series regular on a TV show or like in a movie. And so dancers are like, not, you know, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Like we actually have this thing called dancers Alliance, which is, which happened because I don't know when it actually happened, but it's more of a recent thing, probably in the past 10, 20 years. Um, and it's basically to set the minimum of payments that artists need to pay and labels need to pay dancers. So for like a music video, the minimum is $500 for the video or a live uh, a live performance, $500 for a live performance. And then for an eight hour rehearsal, $250. And for a four hour rehearsal, $150. That's the minimum. And it's what? not- not mandatory so people are still trying to get you to work jobs even big big artists like huge artists are getting you to work jobs because of their name and the credit you'll get like on social media for less than that and so it's like this controversy in our whole industry that's like we are doing so much work like you wouldn't have this music video if it wasn't for us our bodies are taking the biggest toll and like you are having us do the craziest things and you are paying us not even enough for like groceries for the month. Like we, and, wow. and there's not enough work for all of us. Like there's not. And, and it's just so, it, it just makes you feel so used after a while. It makes you just feel like gross almost. It's like, oh, I've just totally. been like selling my body basically for nothing. And, yeah. and I'm not appreciated either. You know, it's, it's really crazy. Um, so that's another reason why I'm like totally having to transition out of it. Cause yeah. like we talked about earlier a little bit, it's, it's how, how am I working this much and doing this much? And I have nothing to show for it, especially at the end of the year. And like when I'm doing my taxes, I'm like, Oh, you made this much money, but I have nothing because of everything I have to pay for consistently and how expensive it is to live out here. It's just ridiculous and especially during covid i mean like now there's no work and we're still having to spend this much money to live out here and Mm -hmm. it's it's it i don't know la just like gets you so (laughs) so um 
I forget where the question started, but, um, <laughs> that is, oh man, that is so, well, I cannot believe that on, and, and it's just, it's so funny because I feel like clout has become like its own form of currency of like, oh, I won't pay you, but you can be on my Instagram. I won't pay you, but I can do this. And it's like, you know, clout doesn't pay the bills. Clout does not pay the bills. My friends have a joke about this because they'll like be like, oh, we're only, you know, our budget's only $100 per dancer, but like, it'll be major exposure. And so we're like, okay, so I'm going to ask my landlord if I can pay for rent this month in exposure. You know? <laughs> what? Like, no. I don't care about Instagram followers. Like, I need money, you know? Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is so, that is so good and so wild. So of the people of the, and you don't have to like, you know, drop names, but who, I mean, you've worked with big names, like just major names, major groups, all these people who, and I know you said Thomas Rhett was like great working with. Have you had anybody else where you're like, oh my God, I just love them. Or have you had people where you're like, I mean, it was like not so great. What, what how do you feel about that? I've been really lucky with the people I've worked with. Um, like Backstreet was incredible. Um, and everyone will be like, who's your favorite Backstreet Boy? And I'm like, it depends on the day. It depends on my mood. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, if I'm feeling like super fun and funny, like Brian's the best because he'll joke around. And then if I'm feeling like grounded and Zen, like I want to go talk to Kevin, you know, and like, if I want to just be wild, I'm going to go hang out with Nick. You know, it's like, it's all of these things, you know? And, and so I've been so lucky with them. And then, um, and then, you know, I've really enjoyed, there's two people that were just, just blew my mind with their talent. Um, when I worked with Charlie Puth in rehearsal for The Voice, he was like, he, he was like undeniably so talented. Like he was playing the piano just for like fun and then beatboxing and singing at the same time. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? You know, I was just, I was blown away. I was like, you're so talented and like, you're pretty humble. And I mean, that was like the beginning of his like attention phase. So, um, but I was like, wow, you're really cool. And like genuinely a, a talented artist. And then um, I don't know if you know Jordan Fisher, but he is like, seriously, out of all the people I worked with, the most talented and most underrated artist. Like he can dance his booty off. He can like sing. So he can, he's like the, one of the best singers I know, like crazy stuff. And, and he's so nice, like the nicest human I've ever met. And so I was so thankful to have met him and, um, and just be inspired by him. Honestly, I can't think of anyone that I just like didn't like really enjoy working with at all, you know, where I left and I was like, oh, they were terrible. Yeah. Um, no, really. I've gotten, I've heard horror stories from my friends about other people, yeah. you know, but, but I've gotten really lucky. Um, with the people I've worked with. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. So tell me, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but so I know you said you have, I don't know if it's, did you say agent or business manager, but so do you, like, do you pay them or do they find you work and then get a percentage of it? Like, how does that work? So yeah, I kind of have an agent for everything. Like I have different agents. So I have my dance agent, I have my modeling agent, I have my acting like theatrical agent, and then my modeling agent also does my commercial stuff. Um, so I have three different agents. And then I have uh, my managers, like two women that are my theatrical managers. So I'm kind of like everywhere, which yeah. can be really hard to balance sometimes with all the jobs and like the contracts and how much I need to pay everyone and whatever. But luckily, like when you get paid for a job that they they send you the auditions. You're not paying them ever. They send you the auditions. And then if you book the job, they're going to handle all the invoicing and things like that. So the check's going to go to them. They're going to take their cut and then send you the check. Nice. God, because if I had to keep track of all there was one time where I was doing a film last year and I got the check directly to me. And they were like, okay, you need to Venmo me. Like, luckily, they're using Venmo and stuff because I was in yeah. Nashville. Like, you need to Venmo me this much. And I was like, this is a lot. I can't. <laughs> I'm stressed out. I can't handle this. I can't. <laughs> so I was like, thank God they handle all of this. Yes. Like, this is what's paying you, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's nice, but everyone charges different. Like, I can't, I don't know. My dance agent, I think, is 10%. I think my modeling agency might be 15 My managers mm. are 15 and then my theatrical agent, I think, is 20% of the job. And yeah. sometimes the job usually should give you, like, let's say – 
okay, you're going to make $1,000 off this video. And it's like plus 20% agency fee. But some of the jobs more recently are like not doing the agency fee. So it's just getting taken out of like your amount. So you have to like, just be aware of how much you're actually like that happened to me the other day for a modeling job. I got my check and I thought it was going to be more. And I didn't realize that like oh, the agency. Yeah. yeah. And so wow. uh, really thinking that it was going to be this. And yeah. so, yeah, it's just a percentage that comes out. Um, and yeah. It, the only time it can suck is if you get the job fully on your own and you take care of everything. Cause there's a lot of like directors and people that I know now so that'll just reach out to me and be like, Hey, um, do you want this job? Blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, yeah. And then technically I'm supposed to tell my agent and then pay them too. And I'm like, Oh, but I'm doing everything. So yeah, that's all- you're doing the work. So you it's, is it like etiquette or is it like le- you're in a contract where you have to It's like legal? Um, but sometimes I still don't, especially if it's like close friends where I'm like, yeah. I know them, I trust them enough. Like I got the Nashville movie without my agent. And, um, but I was like, these are a lot of people that I don't know. And this is a big movie. And I don't know like what I need to be saying in my contract and things like that. So totally. like with dance agents, I've found that like, they're kind of scared sometimes to ask for more money. Like, yeah, if, I want to talk. Tell me about negotiating. Like, do they negotiate yeah. for you? Do you do? You, will you ever be like, I'll take it, but only if they raise it to this amount? Like, how how do how? What's your role in that? What's their role in that? Yeah, so I forget which one it is. I always mess this up. I think it's like your agents can negotiate and your managers can't. Um, yeah. it's one or the other. I'm pretty sure it's that because my agents are negotiating for me. Sorry if I just called them out and that's like so illegal, but. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but so for my dance agents, I've found that they're scared. Like, like mm-hmm. I've literally there was one job that this artist really wanted me for. And I went in for the audition and it was last minute and they wanted me to show up to rehearsal the next day and I didn't have a contract yet. My agents didn't even know about it because I had like a friend that was the casting director that called me and was like, we want you here now. You need to come down to Universal and like you need to audition. They wouldn't even tell me what it was for. There was like this total NDA. Like I can't like I can't tell you. And I was like, okay. So I showed up and um, and I auditioned and they really wanted me. And I left and I was like, wait, are you guys, did you guys tell my agents about this? And they were like, yeah, we told them. And I was like, okay. And so then I left, it was like nine o'clock now. My agency's closed. I don't have their cell phone number. Like, yeah. I don't know. So, so the next morning it's like 7am I wake up and I have a text from my agent, like a, like an email. And it was like, what you booked this? Like what? And I was like, yeah, I, they said they were going to get a hold of you. And they were like, yeah, they didn't until today. They want you in rehearsal in four hours. And I was like, okay, is there like a contract? You know, because they didn't, they won't tell me any information. They just had me show up. And um, and they were like, they said they can't get you the contract until tomorrow. I was like, well, I'm not showing up to this yeah. without a contract. And they were like, well, this is what it is. I was like, no. And so I was like really strict with no. And then they were like, well, here's the rates. And I was like, well, it was like a, it was a Vegas show and I was already doing Backstreet and it was getting paid less than I was with Backstreet and like, like, like way less in different things too, like traveling, like travel, like in per diem and like, you know, the just weekly rate and everything. And it was going to be more work. And I was like, why would, why would you not try to like equal what I'm already getting at least? And And they very much were just like against that. And they were like, this is what it is. And I was like, okay. And so then, then I just was like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to do it then. I just don't think I'm going to do it. And they were like, okay, let me tell them. I was like, okay. So then they told the production and production came back and was like, you know, Brooke doesn't have to come to rehearsal till tomorrow. Like we really want her. We'll, we'll send out the contract. We'll do everything tomorrow. And then I was sitting there like, but you're still not going to change the rate. And I told them why I didn't want that rate. And I told them all of this stuff. And I was like, but they're still not changing the rate. They were like, no. And I was like, I still don't want to do it. And um, and they were like, okay. And then the next day, my friend, who was the production person, calls me and was like, hey, can we talk? And I was like, yeah, what's up? And they were like, you know, your your agent said that uh, you couldn't do the job because Backstreet said you couldn't. And I was like, what? And then she, she was like, so the artist really wanted you. So we called Backstreet's team and asked them. <laughs> why that wasn't okay and they said they didn't say that and I was like 
oh my god so like not only did you not negotiate it like you lied to the production about it. yeah and now they're calling your other like employer Um, yeah and now I look like I just didn't want to do it like now you know and this artist is like big and and I was like I'm so sorry I was like I really wish we were in direct contact I was like the reason I didn't want to do it is because it's not matching Backstreet's rates. And that's what I'm already doing. And like, this is going to be a lot of work. And I basically have to drop everything right now. And like everything I have planned to do this. And I, and like, it'd be a lot of balancing. And I'd be in Vegas a lot for not getting paid the same amount. And they were like, wow, yeah, we totally understand. Okay, cool. Like, good to know. Like, I wish your agent would have said that, like, whatever. And I was like, dang, like, imagine they would have said that that's how bad they wanted me that like you could have just said that maybe they would have done it oh my gosh and and that's such a perfect opportunity or a perfect example of how negotiating isn't negative like they obviously wanted you very much and it's probably worth it to them to be like oh sure to get her we'll pay more and yeah. there wasn't even that conversation. Oh we're my not, gosh. Not even asking for like so much more. It's literally just like a couple hundred dollars. And so I'm like, if you wanted me that bad, that would have been an easy thing. So obviously I was like, if I if I don't get that, like I don't want that. So then I'm noticing with my modeling agency who I just signed with at the end of last year, like she will not let me do jobs that are not paid what oh, I'm worth. Oh yes. And- we love her. We love her. And she's like always pushing for more for me. And like, and I'm like, wow, like that's, I, that's something I'd never had. And I was like, wow, okay, I get it. Like, this is cool. And now like, same with my theatrical agent and managers, like they're great. And they like know exactly how to negotiate everything. Like I just, I'm having to sign this contract for this film later this year. And like, I, I literally was like, oh yeah, this contract looks great. Like me just looking over it. And so I send it to my managers and they came back and they were like, no, there's things we need to change. And I was like, oh, great. These are things I would have never thought about. Like, oh, if you need like a pickup day, like you need to, you need to film again, or you need to do ADR stuff, you know, you need to re-record lines, like you need to pay her this much. And I was like, oh my God, I never would have thought of that. And that's great. You know? And so it's little things like that, that I was just like, oh, why are my dance agents so scared? It's as if they like, just want any sort of money when like, really, we could just be getting like more, you know, our doing our worth. I don't know. It's just totally and, and being paid what you deserve to be paid. So you're not burnt out yeah. and, and underpaid and undervalued. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad you have a little bit of a shark when it comes to, you know, your other agents and managers, which is good. It's good to have that, like that little bit of a shark in you, you know, not, not that so much where they're like, you know, doing illegal weird stuff, but like enough where it's like there, you know, and trust that they're advocating for you so hard. Yeah. And that's something that I absolutely love about all my other agents and managers. Like they're like amazing. I, I'm mm-hmm. just so happy that I have them. I'm so appreciative. Oh my gosh. Okay. That is so, I could talk about this stuff with you for hours. This is so good. Okay. Um, but so to, to wrap this up, tell us, so what are some of your big, just, you know, one of the biggest things that I preach is like having big ass, like audacious goals that people are like, you're crazy. Like I, if you're, if people don't think I'm crazy, like I'm not dreaming big enough. So what are some of your big, either long-term goals or dreams, um, you know, that you're, that you want to, you know, achieve in the future? Yeah, I've been studying. So like we kind of talked about a little earlier, I, um, am like fully transitioning into the acting world. I'll do random dance jobs here and there. If it's like things I really want, Mm -hmm. you know, things that are inspiring to me and creative and, um, I kind of have created my, not created, but I found my own style of dance. And so now it's kind of this fun thing to where if I get asked to do that specifically, I'll so do it because it just feels authentic and like genuine to me versus having to do like someone's choreography that doesn't feel as fun. Um, So I'll do those jobs, but then I'm really focusing on acting to where like I'm studying all the greats and like all these films and like, I really want to be there. You know, I don't want to just like be in nothing against, but like, like, some of these series that like aren't the best acting, but they're all like our guilty pleasures, you know? Mm -hmm. And so all of those series are great. And like, that's a great start, but like, I don't want to get stuck in anything like that. I want to be able to do like big films. Like I want to be like working with, you know, like Meryl Streep or like Brad Pitt or like Angelina Jolie and like doing all of these like big films um, and just like consistently doing films. And I'd love to do like an incredibly 
creative artsy series like not you know your basic stuff like there's this production company called a24 that i would love to work with and they create you know there's movies like honey boy and like and like good time and like things like that where it's like real human stories and Mm -hmm. and so i want to do things like that and so that's kind of where i'm shooting for acting wise and then for like life I definitely like living situation. I love LA. Um, I always want to have an apartment here. I have this apartment now. I live by myself. It's like so incredible. And um, it's super small and it's perfect for me. And everything in here has its meaning and like it's so special. And and um, I want to, I feel like this is the apartment that I keep, you know, for a long time. I've always moved. Like every year I always move. And I feel like this is the one that I want to keep. And then like next thing, if I ever do want another place, like I get a place somewhere else, like a different country or something. Cause I, I feel like I need to like be out of America a little bit and like explore Europe or South America or something like that and have an apartment there. So that way, like when I'm big enough, every time there's a movie offered to me or like a role or something, I can just fly back to LA and have my apartment set up with all my necessities. But then I can always go like home somewhere else, you know? Um, so that's like goals, I guess. Hell yes. I love you're just such a dreamer. Like you always have been. And and this is so cool. You what you have to promise though that when this when those things happen, like in the next like minute, that you'll come back when you're like co-starring with, you know, Brad Pitt, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like when you're in that movie, that you'll come back and we'll play that clip when you're like, that's my big goal. And we'll play that. And then you can be like, I yeah, hey guys, I did it. I'm back. I'm back. I did it. And you'll talk about that journey because this I is would love to. this is so fun, so unbelievable. And I adore you for so many reasons, but especially because you claim those big goals, like regardless of what people think. And and I just, I wish more people felt confident in themselves enough to do that. Like you are just such a freaking gift. Um, I, I'm so grateful for this conversation. I, I like, I think I originally told you like, it'll be like a 20 minute episode. And then I could not stop asking you questions. I could not, and stop, I so. not stop talking. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I loved it. Like everything that comes out of your mouth is gold. So thank you so freaking much for coming on the podcast. Everyone, I know you're obsessed with Brooke listening to this. So in the show notes, make sure you go. We'll put her Instagram. We'll put links to go watch the music video she's in and films and stuff. So make sure you're following her because you are going to want to watch her and watch his journey. It is so wild. Brooke, thank you so much for being on the Deeper the Money podcast. And everyone, we'll see you back here next week. Thank you.